Welcome to Conversations in Business with RSM, where we talk to business leaders and experts to gain valuable insights that will help you move your business forward. Welcome to our next episode of Conversations in Business with RSM. I'm Thaleem Play, a director at RSM South African Risk Advisory Division, uh, and I lead the technology risk advisory service line, one of which is, uh, is data analytics. Today, I'm chatting to my colleague, a fellow director, Anton Bauer, who heads up our, our data analytics division. Uh, Anton has over 30 years of auditing, continuous auditing experience, and has worked for numerous global organizations in the field. He has also recently received the 2019 Award for Innovation from the uh, Information System and Audit Control Association, better known as ISACA. Um, Anton has uh, opened up a whole new world of information uh, for organizations that has provided invaluable insights to better manage their businesses. And what he's done is he's actually managed to bridge the gap between his love for auditing and his love for IT. So I'd like to just introduce uh, Anton right now. Uh, Anton, so can you maybe just take us through, well, what got you into data analytics to begin with? Hi, Thelen. Definitely, I think there was a combination, as you mentioned, of uh, a love for auditing and then um, also realizing that I love computers. And the two sort of merged into an environment that, um, that I realized more and more that the, uh, the benefit that I personally could uh, provide to audit teams probably lies more in analyzing the data. And I think over my years, I've also seen the massive increase in transactions being captured by organizations, but not only individual transactions, but those transactions going to so many different databases. And, and I realized that there's a lot of information that, that an, an auditor can miss if we don't get access to that, that information. So the two passions uh, emerged and uh, it ended up me enjoying um, a number of years analyzing data, but specifically in an audit and, and a forensic environment, trying to understand the business well and to see how the data, uh, the data support that uh, and also allows us to find out a certain trend, certain characteristics and information about the organization that many times is not available to even managers inside of those organizations. So, Thelen, I think that, that's probably the reason that, uh, that I'm doing what I'm doing today. Thanks, Anton. I, th- I think you and I both are, you know, a product of, of our industries and product of our environments because we both started off in audits um, and, and we moved into, into the IT space because we could see sort of the writing that was, that was on the wall. Uh, and we knew this is where it's going because uh, right now, and it's only going to get, uh, get more prominent, you know, information and data is the key, not just to auditing, uh, but when you look at the consulting space and especially forensics, which we know that without data, we, we are essentially stuck. It's like you find, you know, when it comes to forensic investigations, it's trying to find sort of a needle in a haystack and, and where do you start? Um, and, and where, you know, data analytics really helps us is trying to find that, that starting point and, you know, do proper trend analysis, not just like a, you know, a month on a month thing, uh, but really just try to, you know, to, to build up a proper, a proper data set uh, so that we can give to clients and actually show them that, you know, these 
these are, are, are you know, the root causes in, in your organization. These are what are the areas that maybe you may be susceptible to, to forensic investigations. But, I mean, you've played in, in this area quite a bit more than I have when it comes to, you know, data analytics integrating uh, into forensic investigations. So, so what role do you think data analytics does play in forensic investigations? Uh, Thelen, what I've realized in the end is that the human is the critical factor. So, so data analytics plays a role, but it's always performed by a person. And that person needs to have the knowledge and the, uh, the understanding, but also the software that enable him or her to perform the data analytics. So the role that I see that is, and I, th- I see the bigger forensic investigation or forensic monitoring uh, that takes place is a team effort. And a data analyst supported and uh, um, provided with the right software and the right knowledge to access the underlying data that un- that supports a business process. And, and so, so typical fraud investigations and the stuff that, that we get involved in uh, takes place within a business process. And that business process must be understood first and foremost. You need to know what you're looking at. The, the most important thing is to understand what happened in this business process, what weaknesses allowed a potential fraud or a manipulation to have taken place. Once we understand that properly, this is where data analytics um, and its role in a forensic investigation becomes critical. Uh, a team of specialists are put together, being asked to look at a process and identify if and where fraud took place. Data analytics is the, the science of asking the correct question of the data and have the ability to sort the hay to one side and sort the needles to the other side and present that to the real forensic investigator, the guy on the floor, the guy that speaks there to the people, that speak to the suspects, speak to the witnesses, etc. And I think if data analytics is, is given too much credibility or too much capability in this process, it will miss a lot of things because it doesn't understand the bigger picture. It is part of that team of investigators. The team is most important. Data analytics is a tool that makes us better and better in an environment that grows and grows its databases on a continuous basis. It's such a uh, you know misconception in our industry, uh, and not just in our industry, but in you know, many of our client industries that. The, you know, the software will be able to solve everything. Um, and, and it's not that. It's actually the people utilizing the software because we need to be able to ask the right questions, as you've said. We need to be able to say and write the right tests for the yeah. software to for the software to perform, um, and that the software is not going to be able to do on its own. It, a lot actually relies on you know the person behind the computer um, in terms of you know guiding the the analytics in the right in the right area, and, and that's really what you know data analytics is supposed to do. It's supposed to guide us in a, in a certain area uh, and guide us in a certain approach. Uh, and so, what what do you think are, are are some of the most important success factors when when you Using data analytics in a forensic investigation. I mean, you know, when, when we conduct a forensic investigation, um, you know, and I go out and we do a lot of the, you know, computer imaging, etc. One of the, the main things we know is that integrity of data is key. Uh, so maybe you can just take us through that for a second. 
So you need to know how to make sure that you not only access the data, but that you extract what you need in order to analyze it and that that is complete and accurate. It's a basic thing, but there are certain things that you need to do, and it is so crucial. But in addition, and this applies more in a forensic environment and forensic investigations, you need to be certain of the validity of that information. And this is where a problem comes in when you start accessing data. You need to be able to independently access that data and also to be able to identify any manipulation of the data. Because in, in, in practical environment, you know what happens um, in many cases that an IT savvy person in most cases might be involved in the fraud or have improper segregations of duties in place in the organization. So somebody with, with all access to everything has got access to the data and performs transactions. And what is the real purpose of a fraudster? Firstly, obviously, to steal money. But secondly, to hide user of tracks. And that's what you need to be careful of. So in a forensic in, in, in investigation, making sure your data is complete and accurate, but also valid. There is not something that, that certain information has not been added to you. Crucial uh, uh, element that you need to address. And then I think it's quite important that there need to be software and tools available to the data analyst to enable them to ask the questions. And there are many softwares out there, but you need to be not convinced by anybody. You need to first and foremost say, what do I need in that software in th that enable me to query the data, to ask the questions, to find the needle in the haystack, and then go out and find it. Don't let these software suppliers come to you and tell you, oh, here's a beautiful uh, forensic uh, software that will be the silver bullet. It won't be. You need to be in charge of the process, understand what you need, and the basic stuff that that software must allow you is to access any format of data. Secondly, it must have a very powerful set of functions that allows me to ask questions. To give you an example, um, it's nice to see on what date a transaction has been captured, but I'm wondering if this date is a weekend or not. Has it been captured on a Sunday? I mean, so many uh, strange uh, transactions pops out on Sundays, early in the morning when nobody is at work. Um, so I want to know if it's on a Sunday or on a Saturday. It's normally one would say, oh, yeah, that, that's not a problem. Uh, and even Excel can provide me um, a list, uh, you know, a conversion to, to show me the day of the week. However, Excel has got a limit of about 1.4 uh, million. What are we working with some of our large organizations that are sitting with 120 plus million transactions uh, in the general ledger for the year? And we're doing an, an analytic for the whole year to find potential fraud or uh, uh, manipulations. You need software that runs on, um, that can read large volumes of data, that can ask questions of that very large number of transactions, but pin it down, not only on the weekend, but between certain hours and only manual journals and only if the amount is, of, uh, is bigger than a certain uh, number. And then also maybe project it and say, use predictive analytics. So your software must allow you to perform and to ask that question. Software must access all databases that's available out there easily. Um, 
bring it onto a platform, even databases that are different from each other. I want to compare my employees with my vendors. So now I need to read VIP and SAP. Software must support that. Large volumes have the capability to ask the question and then finally extract the exceptions and provide it to the team. The analyst must have the, the tool, the weapon to attack and to, to find that exceptions out there. Yeah, I think you know from from the investigations that 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 we've that we've conducted, um, you know, it seems definitely one of the success factors that 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 we've seen is an ability. If you've got the ability to bridge business process with the underlying data and understand how the underlying data is originated, then you you know what what questions to actually ask. And if you know the question to ask, you then know that the, the particular test to script or the analytics test to write. And the analysis actually for me is, you know, we talk, we're talking about the success factors in the forensic investigation, but the right analyst is actually one of the key success factors, I think, uh, in, in a forensic investigation. The other aspect also that, that, that we found is, you know, we, we talked about integrity of data and independent access to data. But I think one of the, one of the areas that, that we've found is a lot depends upon the data that we are presented with, because if there is a lack of data, uh, you know, data analytics cannot make up something when there is nothing there. Uh, it takes what is there and further processes it to tell us, you know, these. This is where you need to look. Uh, and if we're missing some of those building blocks, you know, that's what I find also is, you know, is some of the pitfalls. What are some of the pitfalls that, that you've seen uh, when conducting data analytics or using uh, or being a data analyst as part of a, a forensic investigation team? Yes, um, I think, you know, you, you've touched on, on definitely the, the most important ones. And, you know, it, it brings me back to uh, the accessing the data and requesting the data. So I think one of the pitfalls is exactly the data analyst. Is, is expected, a lot of us uh, um, is expected of a data analyst in, in, a, in a forensic environment. The first and foremost, what is expected of him or her is to, to get the data. If the client does not provide me with proper data, then it's me that will be the loser. Therefore, when I go to, to a client and to the IT department, I don't uh, request, let's say, the lease data. I request everything. And I demand everything. But typically, audit environment and auditors might have been trained to be minimalistic in their data requests. So that is a pitfall. Don't fall into that pitfall. Be maximalistic in the sense that ask the complete database. So I think that, that being a, a, a big pitfall. And then I think uh, what you mentioned is the fact that the data analyst need to be confident of two things, the, the software, and we spoke about that, but also be confident in being able to ask that question. And I think that has been one of the big pitfalls in saying that get an IT person, a pure IT person, to perform the analytics, which will be a good analytic, but might not be the right question. And I think that has been um, uh, one of my biggest experiences and, and learning curves is realizing that the person developing or designing the analytic must be a person that understands the business. We, the investigators and the auditors, need to come um, to the table and say, the question I need to ask are the following. But then we need to have the capability to also read the query and see if this query 
is achieving my objective because this is where it gets lost in translation. The question I'm asking and what the IT person is hearing might be different. You need to be independent and you need to avoid the pitfall of the wrong person asking the question. And nobody's at fault here. It is what people are. And that is the reason why we've got this uh, forensic teams that work together and, and, and in the end become successful. Yeah, I think, I think one of the areas we've also found is client education um, is such a big important aspect uh, when we're doing these type of uh, these type of investigations, because uh, I mean, not just not just for the forensic investigations, but when we're also doing projects like you know when we when we provide internal audit services to clients or continuous monitoring services to clients, uh, I, I think you know what what actually comes out of it is that you know they because we, we say that you know we need the information uh, and the key information. Uh, to, to in order for 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 you as the client to be able to you know continuously monitor your organization against certain threats, um, you know there has to be changes sometimes in business process in database architecture, um, and 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 an amalgamation of the both. It's not necessarily just you know if you wanna if you want sort of uh, the the solution to to have longevity, uh, you really need to address the root cause, and sometimes the root cause actually lies in the underlying client system, um, and, and client education from that standpoint is, is what we we are we are. Also find quite quite interesting in terms of you know once we've done the forensic investigation we're now t- able to take it to another level where where we can then sort of assist you know clients in, in really sort of resolving those sort of root causes well what gave rise to this uh, to the uh, you know to the to the to the particular fraud being perpetrated in the first place what were the loopholes in your systems that actually you know that that your that your employees were were able to exploit. Uh, we're able to, you know, to come to really the root cause of instances that that have actually have been perpetrated in in, in client environments. Um, and, you know, that for me, in, in making sure that your forensics team is uh, is made up of the right people, for me, is one of the major success factors. It's essentially, you know, what we bring to to a particular forensic investigation. You know, on that, is is there any sort of practical examples, maybe you know, that that just comes to your mind, where where you can say, you know, this is really sort of a success story uh, uh, for uh, for us, and maybe for yourselves, in which data analytics really sort of played a role. I mean, it wouldn't have just been data analytics; it would have been a part of it. But but what are some of the success stories that that you have? I think one of the big ones that come to mind is uh, we did some work for for a mine that experienced. A lot of concerns and, uh, you know, people would know out there that many forensic investigations are born from rumors. People saying certain things, there's no proof, uh, but you know what, management are concerned and uh, they ask us to to have a look at that. Now, first and foremost, I I need to uh, mention another pitfall that you need to consider. And that is that you need to consider whether management is involved when you start your investigation. And, And luckily from a forensic point of view, um, at, at RSM, we always start right from at, at base one. We make no assumptions. In this particular case, we found that management were really concerned. And uh, we started uh, assisting them in, in speaking to people. And like you said, uh, the right people on the ground speaking to people, hearing what other people might not have heard because of your understanding of the business and, and where things can go wrong. And this example typically was... Um, 
there were rumors that a certain people were working together or were manipulating the whole, uh, the whole request for quotation uh, process or procedure. And we know in South Africa, you know, that is one of the big risks that, that we're facing. People put in their quotations, but are the best persons selected? But also, we are very concerned whether fraud and uh, corruption is taking place. So they asked us to look at this thing because they said they had a web, web interface. There was a, um, uh, an RFQ system where supply would come and, and quote. And we guys know, we, you know, all of us have heard about this. You go into the web, you put in your quote, um, and you wait. You know, it's a tender, it's an electronic tender, really, or an electronic quote. And you eventually hear nothing, or you get a single email saying you were not successful. You've got no idea why you were not successful. But there were people starting to complain to, to the, the organization saying, um, I've heard later on that the prices that you paid were much higher than, than what we quoted. How did this happen? What's wrong with our company? Why, how can we improve? Obviously, nobody had the answer, and we said, let's go and have a look at it. And data analytics jumped in there and said, let's jump in at the RFQ stage, at the web page. We put in some uh, uh, analytics that as it happens, and this was a continuous developing uh, analytic, as it happens, we identified cases where uh, a supplier would come in, quote, then there's a, a, a time and a date when all of the quotes must be in and the quotation process closes. It's a hard close. You can no longer capture a, a quote. However, and we found a few instances just by analyzing it, we found quotes coming in five minutes before 12 o'clock the night. It quotes being changed half an hour before closing date and time. Um, and quoted again, but at much higher prices. So all of this confused us. And at, uh, the whole team sat down and trying to understand what is going on here. The data shows us something, but what is it telling us? Again, the team went away and spoke to different people and came back with um, unexpected uh, uh, comments. They said to us, they don't believe. It is the people that quote uh, or change their quotes that are the culprits here. It is their competitors that changes their quotes and increase the value of, of, of their, their quote. So we sat back and said, well, why would they do that? And how can they? Because any RFQ requires a password and, 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 and string, a, a stringent security around it. We then started to ask question, if that happened, so somebody else changed a valid supplier's quote and upped the prices. So they come in at a high price, but not as high as this upped uh, quote. How can, could it have happened? And we realized somebody inside of the organization must be working with people outside, providing them with their competitor's password on the quoting system. We then started investigating this, and the long and short of this information that we gathered, and we gathered more than enough, at pinpoint exactly to a number of quotes uh, over a period of time where this happened. That then became an investigation out of the hands of the data analyst. The data analyst's job was to find those exceptions and hand it to the team. And that's where our team then went out and started speaking, not only to the people inside of the business, but also had interviews, uh, obviously very diplomatic interviews with the suppliers who lost. 
and asked them, did you change your, your, uh, your quote? Uh, a number of standard questions. I, I believe none of those suppliers actually were aware that it was a forensic investigation. But it gave us the information to realize that it was never changed. They didn't change it. Somebody else must have. Um, in that particular case, uh, the organization decided not to prosecute what happened in the past, but they implemented controls that stopped that process in its tracks. A projection of that talks about uh, millions of rands that, that were companies saved uh, because they paid higher prices than they did in the past. Uh, till and then, then I think I'm just going to end off with uh, the examples. There's another ex example that is not an only one instance, but a number of our investigations identified that you should not ignore the, the textbook stuff that's being taught to investigators and auditors alike during the uh, um, years of, of going through the degrees and other training sessions, people say it is textbook stuff. It doesn't happen in real life. My experience is what's in the textbook is actually happening in real life. When you see bad segregations of duties, so your financial uh, manager and director and people with strong knowledge of the business has got access to pass manual journals and do be concerned we found a lot of those cases uh, in the forensic investigations. Segregation of duties is not a nice thing to talk about. It is a killer if it's not properly applied in your organization. You've actually got an open window. It might not have happened now, but it can happen. And the next guy in the next week can make it happen. Um, large amounts. Don't be fooled. Why don't you look at your large amounts? The frauds that don't go for your small amounts. Uh, in the beginning, they might. But eventually they realize, oh, it's easy. And they get few millions. They get a million at a time. I don't no longer have to do it every second week. I do it twice a year. I feel better. The anxiety is less, but they do it at two and a half million, three million a shot. Um, then we're talking about after hours and weekends. You know, always people say, oh, you know what, we work hard. People are working hard. Why are they working hard? Don't miss the signals that come out of your company. We re very recently had an investigation where we could not only pinpoint the, 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 the after hours and weekends, but we pinpointed to a specific period of the year when this happens. And it showed us that not only are people overtime and working on weekends, but controls were relaxed because of pressure. And you know what? Any predator out there is looking for those opportunities. And we, we found many of those things. Um, a relationship analysis is crucial. It gives you views of something in your organization that you haven't looked at before. In a recent example in an investigation, the relationship between a specific vendor and a financial manager increased and got, got uh, uh, the, the, both the value and the number of transactions increased over time. Nobody else dealt with that vendor. Zoomed into it and a lot of questions popped up. So look at your relationships between inside of the company and outside. It's a, it sounds like a simple analytic. It's not that simple. You want to get it right. And that's the place where you'd start talking to your forensic partners. Um, and then the simple old thing, your vendor accounts, bank accounts versus your employee bank accounts. That's the one thing nobody lies. It's about their bank accounts. Go and find an employee's bank account. Compare it if it appears anywhere on uh, the, the vendor's list of bank accounts. Uh, and, and there's a number of other uh, items that, that uh, we can, again, give, uh, give people a lot of advice on. Start looking for split purchase orders and invoices. You know, you think that you're preventing people from approving purchase orders above a certain amount. But what if they do 10 of those POs? 
but it's to the same vendor within one month. What they've done is circumvent the control and by that way, overstepping their allowed limits. And we're looking for things like that. So we've got a library of that type of test that we run in any investigation. And where this pops up, a single uh, um, exception, very seldom leads to anything. But in our experience with the clients is that the trend, we start to see where does it go wrong? Is it segregation of duties? Is it uh, errors? Is it training? Is it people being under pressure? And, and, and our approach in all of those cases is to think like the predator. And we know, like we would know even people breaking into your house. When do they come? At night. Maybe when you're not there. When it is dark. All of those things that typically would be used by the predator is what we're looking for. And we look at it as well. When you're there, because the beauty of data is that you left a fingerprint or a footprint during those periods. And we zoom into that. Yeah, thanks, Anton. I, I think, you know, that, that this conversation has actually been, you know, really interesting. And I think, uh, you know, just to, to the listeners out there, it's, it, it really gives you sort of an insight into, into data analytics, into in, in forensic investigations. And I think if I were to just wrap up, what I would say is to, to organizations, because we find some of the times, and actually a lot of the times that, you know, uh, a basic sound internal control environment will actually prevent, uh, you know, a lot of, of, of the fraud that, that we actually see. Um, and, you know, we always say it get, it's the normal response that we get from a client. You know, I can't believe that this person did this because, you know, I trusted them. Um, and, and my response is always the same, you know, trust, but verify. You can trust an individual, but you need a proper system and process of internal controls uh, to be able to protect your business uh, against, against fraud risk. Uh, and I think uh, with that, I will, I will wrap it up and I'll say, you know, thank you for listening uh, on this episode of uh, Conversations in Business with RSM. Thanks. That was Conversations in Business with RSM. Experience the power of being understood. Experience RSM. Visit rsmza.co.za 